Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm not telling people to go fish at your house. I don't. That's a compliment. Yet. <laughs> yeah, the reason I was, I'm was i in studio now is because I'm having my moat dug out a little deeper and oh, alligators okay. put in. So, All right, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. No, that <laughs> that makes fun. sense. Should be fun. How you doing, Chad? Pretty good. How about yourself? Is it Chad Witch? It's Chadwick. It's Chadwick, but it's I-C-H. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Fancy. Go. Fancy. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, we have got a great show lined up for you today. Um, in a little bit, we are going to talk to Corporal Todd Nicely, who Bo and I had an opportunity to catch up with a couple weeks ago at the Joshua and Chamberlain uh, shooting event that we talked a lot about last week and the week before. Super cool, amazing event. Joshua Chamberlain Society is just a great organization that helps out some of the most injured. Physically, yeah. Physically injured and mentally injured yeah. uh, veterans. Uh, that that uh, were hurt in in combat, and if you guys remember, Todd Nicely, Corporal Nicely, was one of the very first cases here locally of 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 a person who suffered this terrible injury while serving our country and coming back here. We have a long history with Corporal Nicely on ninety seven one. We were we worked with him and Gary Sinise and the Siller Foundation, Tunnels to Towers, and uh, years ago with the Dave Glover Show, um, and so it was great to get to see him at the Joshua Chamberlain Society and catch up with him personally. But we also talked about would you like to come on the radio and update the audience on your your journey throughout this? It's been like a decade now when, since when you all see that him, happened to him. When you see him, it's amazing to see how he can move. Yeah, um, he had kind of like the runner blades, but the the runner blades for both of his legs were in shoes. Um, and when they introduced me, of course, my natural reaction is to extend my hand to to reach out and shake his hand. He has a a, a, prost- a prosthetic arm, uh-huh. and he just reached it out, just yeah. like I mean, you know. But yeah. he's amazing, and he's about ready to be a new dad. I too. know. Yeah, so. it's, it's it. Bo and I had such a great time catching up with him and hearing his stories and hearing, uh, you know, all the trials and tribulations he's gone through since returning from war. That um, we asked him if he'd join us on the on the air and share some of those stories with the audience, and he said he would. So he, he is a different man than I met several years ago at another charity event, which I, he goes to a bunch of them. But he is in such a great place now. But he's been to Helen back just like yourself. You yeah. guys, I heard you guys talking, and uh, well, and, he's gone through a lot more than I have. No, 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 but, I know. But you had a lot of commonalities. Yeah, and, we have an addiction similarity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and but you guys have both come back. You're both in a good place. It was just yeah. kind of cool to see that conversation. Yeah, happen. he's he he. It was. It was. I agree with that. When I when I knew him ten years ago, to see how far he's come and how healthy he he is, and you know, it's this, it's this, it's this very unique time that we're in right now because until just now, until until about ten years ago, um, when when we when people like uh, Corporal Nicely started suffering these injuries and surviving, we didn't have the medical technology. It used to be if you were injured in the fashion that he was injured, 
you were just gone. Right. But now we can, but now with medical technologies come far enough that we can save these guys' lives. But then it also creates, you know, this this new need for these guys that have had these severe injuries. Corporal Nicely lost both of his legs. He lost one arm, the half of another arm. Yeah. And, you know, and now, like you said, he's he's walking. He's you know, he's got his he's got his prosthetic arms and hands. And he he's you know, he's walking around just like you and I, which is just amazing stuff and i was shocked to see him i'm not not shocked but he was at the joshua chamberlain society shoot for the troops and when he and i were talking he said he spends a lot of time doing target shooting at his place which yeah. is about a quarter mile from where i live yeah, but I found out that you guys are neighbors but the man has no arms and still has a desire to go shooting yeah. and, and he does it it's yeah. it's an it's an amazing thing i can't wait to talk yeah, to he's him he's talking about cutting his grass and you know, oh, I didn't hear all that. the normal guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, we will catch up with Corporal Todd Nicely a little bit later on in the show. Definitely keep it here for that. And, of course, we'll have our podcast exclusive this week uh, with our buddy Gary Kelman from the Sanitizer and Mask Wholesale Store, uh, who also is a part of the Joshua Chamberlain Society and has some great stories to tell about Corporal Nicely and that organization. And, uh, and Gary is also an avid outdoorsman yeah. who's got some great stories to tell about camping and hiking and all that. So that'll be the podcast exclusive today. Right now, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always start the show with our buddy Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, great to talk with you. How's it going, my friend? Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. (laughs) Whenever it may be. Um, I have some some questions that I want to dive right into with you, Aaron. Um, because you are our resident expert when it comes to gun laws and, you know, you guys, you, you, you train people, CCW training classes, advanced pistol classes, all that there at Southern Armory. And I saw a story in the, in the news this week, and it just it, it brought some of these questions that we've talked about throughout the years on this show in the past. But it's always good to kind of have these refresher discussions. I don't know if you guys saw this story, but there was um, um, in all the unrest that's been going on around the country still, you know, even now and this week. Uh, One of the big stories was out of Denver where a security guard shot a protester that was in his face, but the protester had maced, had fired pepper spray at this security guard, and then the security guard then shot him. Now, I don't want to get into the, I don't have all the specifics of that, of that particular case and there's some questions on whether or not that security guard even had been hired properly and had been vetted properly and maybe he shouldn't even have been an armed security guard so i don't I, take all that out of it i don't i don't want to get into the because it could spe- all come back yeah yeah because you know i don't know the specifics of the case but i but i do want to know from aaron aaron uh, what are the general rules? Because I heard I've heard experts on both sides after this happened saying, "Well, listen, you know, you have to be in imminent danger of your life in order to use a firearm, and pepper spray is not is does not reach that level." And I've heard other experts say it does reach that level. What what say you? And what did what are the laws here in Missouri when it comes to you know the times that you can and can't use your weapon when you feel like you're uh, being attacked? So yeah, it's. Um, so, all right. So, Missouri law <laughs> has to be uh, uh, a, a threat of serious bodily injury or death, or one of these forcible felonies has to be going on. Um, 
And so, you know, just so, you know, why was the pepper spray used? What was this guy doing um, for the security guard to approach him? Right. So there's all these these unknowns, Mm -hmm. um, you know. So, I mean, it's just where does pepper spray land on the uh, uh, use of force? Yeah, the use of force chart. If somebody is. Are you, are you are you allowed to pull your weapon on somebody that is attacking you with mace or pepper spray? Yeah, so that's going to be questionable because you again, mm. it, it, are you in fear of serious bodily injury or death? Um, so I, I've, you know, pepper spray it, it it sucks, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. If you've ever been pepper sprayed, it is absolutely miserable. It's absolutely horrible. And if you don't know what's going on. Um, then, you know, it's even more scary, right? So, like, I got pepper sprayed, and I'm like, yeah, this this is horrible. Like, this, this is pretty miserable. But I wasn't, like, you know, freaking out because I knew, like, this is going to burn. My eyes are going to water. My nose is going to water. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I know everything that's going to happen. So it's a good, it's a good like, psychological stop. Um, when I've pepper sprayed a few people, you know, they they start freaking out, you know, because they don't know, you know, what's going on. Are you so, in, are you doing these in, in, in a demonstration mode? Or are you doing this in real world life where you've received uh, it or shot it? It, it was uh, when I got it, it was like demonstration like, hey, we're going to pepper spray you and this is what it's going to be like. And then when I had to pepper spray somebody, it was like in, in the real world. Mm-hmm. Right. And they had no idea that it was coming. It was more or less. No, you're not going to throw a beer bottle at me, and uh, no, you're not going to, you know, get out and try to fight a bunch of people. So, uh, you know, so they got pepper sprayed, and and that was the end of that. So, um, where does it kind of fall on that force continuum? It's you're better off pepper spraying somebody than hitting them. That's yeah. how it's always been explained to me. Is it's it's kind of more of a de-escalation versus going, you know, hands on. So it's always been like if hitting someone was a zero then pepper spray would be a minus one. And I always tell people it's it's cheap insurance if you're going to carry a gun to carry pepper spray because if you're like, man, I don't know if I can use a gun, right? You're, you're kind of going back and forth on whether you can use it or not then you, you should use the pepper spray. Well, this so, is reminiscent of the Atlanta story. Remember the guy in the drive-thru that fell asleep and the, mm-hmm. he shot the taser? It was not a lethal weapon that he shot at the police officer with the, the taser, just like this mace is not. But the fear would be, instead of the guy in Atlanta running away, it's kind of like, okay, if he shot the security guard with pepper spray, he would then be able to grab his gun because yeah. you're de- debilitated. You can't you can't function right. uh, when you're uh, dealing with the repercussions of that, right? Right, exactly. So, so pepper spray you can you can fight through. You can still function. Uh, you can you can watch these videos on Irish look at pepper spray and they go run and they go fight and and you can you can fight through it um, with a taser. You know that locks up uh, your whole body and you are completely defenseless there's no fighting through um a taser now keep in mind a taser is different than a stun gun right stun mm-hmm. gun uh, is, is like a pain compliance and it just affects generally like one limb uh where a taser uh locks up like all the muscles in a body and and you fall over like a log and depending on the type of taser it is as long as you hold the trigger uh it continues to shoot 
Some of them, you press the trigger, you know, three times and they go for 30 seconds. Um, so, you know, a taser, if you pull out a taser on somebody, um, then, yeah, I mean, you could you could absolutely uh, be defenseless and laying there on the ground while they walk up and take your pistol. But if you're blinded by pepper spray, Aaron, wouldn't you still, yeah. you wouldn't be able to you fight through still, that? You can still fight. I know it's weird, Bo, and I'm happy to show you. I bet you are, buddy. I bet you are. <laughs> Chad would like to I'm offer his to services. Watch. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it could be a great video, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, or we could do it all like yeah, a podcast. Yeah, big enough. You probably no, just I did. I saw these. Hey. I saw these 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 quote unquote experts and lawyers talk about how Bo, because I'm I'm like you. I would think I've I've never had a direct hit of pepper spray or mace, but I've been around it yeah. I've, I've been yeah. near it going off and i've gotten it in my eyes you know secondarily overspray yeah and yeah and on my skin and you know and it is it is debilitating and so i know where you're coming from but i but i is saying like well if you're hit with pepper spray then you can't defend yourself and if you think that somebody's but you've got to have that's the tricky part right aaron you have to really believe that this person after they've pepper sprayed you is then going to take it to another level. You have to have confidence that they that their intent is to basically kill you after they pepper spray you in order for it to be a situation where you can use your gun. And, and to Aaron's point, he did, the the security guard did fight through it and and was able to shoot somebody even though he got hit with pepper spray. So I don't know if it was in yeah, his it was kind of almost simultaneous. The guy started pepper spraying the guy drew his gun and oh, shot him. Like okay. it was really quick. Okay, yeah. but anyway, yeah. go ahead, Aaron. So, there's 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 got to be more context to that story um yeah we'll yeah just, i just was uh, using that as a as a blanket example again i don't want to you know people that are going to hear this and get into specifics and say well that security guard did this and he didn't even he shouldn't even been legally carrying it i i get it i get it i was just using that as a i thought it was interesting yeah. to see this situation where we see those two things happening the pepper spray happening uh fire followed by a, a firearm and just wanted to get your um just wanted to get your thoughts on that. What is uh? What's the latest at Southern Armory? Is the is the is the is the is the rush still on for ammo and and guns? Yeah, the rush is definitely still on. We actually got a pallet of ammo in uh, on Tuesday, and it's out on the shelf. I, there's more nine millimeter than I've seen in a long time. I mean, oh good. Uh, we had, we had a guy call the other day. You got any nine millimeter? I said, yeah. Let me walk over there and look. I figured you know we'd have like one fifteen grain or something and. So we had 115, 124, 147. We had hollow points. We had full metal jacket. I was nice. like, yeah, man, we got a smorgasbord of hollow nine millimeter up here. <laughs> Get up here, you know? He's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, no. He's like, we just got like a couple boxes of each. And I'm like, no, like we got like cases. Yeah. Of each. I was like, that's great. You know, so. Uh, How long did was, it last? Uh, it is It is still up there. So Good. That's uh, great. Today. Now, granted, the selection is not like it was on on Wednesday after right. we got it, uh, there's still ammo up there to buy. And we were still getting in about five or six cases um, of nine every week. I was just shocked that we had all the different grains and all mm-hmm. the different uh, bullet types. I was just like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And what's your uh, limit on, on purchase? Can you buy one box, two box? You can buy as much as you want. Oh, wow. So, nice. uh, I mean, let's keep that within reason. You come in and try to buy it all out, we're going to give you the old what is this dude doing? Um, <laughs> you know, we've, even when this has happened before, you know, we had like 22 long rifle and uh, we were selling the cases I think, or the bricks for like 20 or 25 bucks. And uh, we had other dealers and other 
uh, storefronts, like trying to come to us and buy them all out. And, uh, you know, one guy I knew, so I let, you know, like five or six of them go. And next thing I know, uh, we're getting a phone call because somebody saw our label on there. And uh, I was like, well, what's he selling for? And he was selling for like 70 or 80 bucks. And I was like, now, nah, come on. I mean, you bought that for 20 or $25 from us. So, uh, you know, we, we start seeing that. We're going to give you the old weird looking eye. You know, most people only are buying two or three boxes at a time. Let's just be realistic. That's That was the yeah. pre-Rona uh, kind of typical situation. You know, maybe you buy four or five, but, uh, you know, you start coming in trying to buy a 1,000 or 2,000 rounds. We're going to kind of look at you a little weird. Uh, so let's just leave leave a box for the next guy. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's good. So even like 25 uh, auto, which I thought was uh, kind of cool because I got a 25 and uh, I was like, well, maybe I'll start carrying that around. But there are hollow points, of course, and uh, ARs are still flowing through. We just got a big holster shipment in. So, uh, you know, good news is, is like we're we're getting stuff. Uh, we had to change how we were doing things uh, to accomplish that, uh, but we are getting stuff in. Uh, just a quick safety note for everybody. Um, you know, I do a little bit of the, the gunsmithing and stuff up at the shop, so if you need stuff done, that's great come up i'd rather put stuff on your gun or modify your gun uh but this gentleman came in and he had a 38 special revolver and he had bought 38 super plus p's and the 38 super plus p is a, a semi-auto round and uh so he put it in his 38 revolver and um shot it four times and uh was probably about 164th of an inch from being able to fire it a fifth time but the it was coming out with such force that it was shearing the back half of the projectile off. Whoops. Um, three projectiles in the cylinders, and then the fourth one uh, lodged between the cylinder, the forcing cone, and the barrel, and if it had gone just a little bit further into the forcing cone and into the barrel, he'd have been able to rotate that cylinder one more time and pop off that fifth round, and he would have been a Halloween, or he would have been a pirate for Halloween. Ooh, and yeah. They, they would have been calling him lefty or righty. I don't know if they got up. Uh, but it could have been absolutely 100% disastrous, and the gun was just horrendous to get even opened. Wow. Um, you know, special. that goes back Jig to what— press well, it out. It yeah. Horrible. That's um, what we go—that goes back to what we've talked about so much, you know, having the knowledge, having the education, having the experience with these guns that you're buying, especially if you're a first-time— gun owner and you can get all that from Southern Armory and and you know on the Southern Armory Facebook page and then just from Aaron and Jess inside the store when you're buying these guns ask all the questions and make sure you know um, exactly what you're doing with these things speaking of um, speaking of the the store Aaron how can people find you out there at Southern Armory and online yep so uh, come into the store we're one mile east of 270 and 44 9901 Watson Road and uh, Southern Armory on Facebook, where you can see that video of that revolver I was talking about. Mm-hmm. SouthernArmory.com. SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. And it sounds like it's time to go shopping at Southern Armory while the inventory is still there. Aaron, thank you so much for your time today, sir. We'll talk to you same time next week. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You bet. All right. We've got to take a quick break, and when we get back... Uh, going to be very uh, honored and excited to talk to Corporal Todd Nicely. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
She's a good girl Loves her mama Loves Jesus In America too Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Want to remind you that we put out two podcasts of this show every week. We put out the radio show podcast that you're listening to right now every Friday, so you can actually get the show before it airs on the weekends. And then on Monday we put out a podcast exclusive. It's a little deeper conversation that uh, we have each and every week that you can only get by downloading that podcast. You can get uh, both podcasts just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I recommend the radio.com app because once you get the radio.com app, you can not only get the podcasts of this and every other show on the station, but you can also stream the station 24-7 and you can rewind live radio with the new radio rewind feature. A lot of cool stuff there on the radio.com app, so go and check that out. And in fact, when we uh, do our podcast exclusive this week, we are going to be talking to Mike Marfell, the fisherman, about uh, some of the changes in the weather and the seasons and how it affects fishing and his latest experiences in the tournament that I think he was just in at the Lake of the Ozarks. And so we're going to talk a whole lot about fishing with Mike Marfell on the podcast exclusive. And anytime we're talking about fishing here on the show, it's brought to you by Bluff City Outdoors over there in Alton the perfect place to stock up your tackle box, whether it be for the big catfish gear, uh, bass and crappie lures, spoonbills, nagging needs, live baits, anything that you need uh, to make sure you are ready to go out on your next fishing trip. They have you covered at Bluff City Outdoors. Uh, Learn more and check them out at bluffcityoutdoors.com. Right now, as I mentioned uh, in that last segment, joining us on the line is our friend, the Sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, is back on the show. Sheriff, thanks for your time today. How's it going? Good day. No complaints. I uh, hope all you guys are doing well. Yeah, you bet. Exactly. You know, go. I, I, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, there's obviously some uh, issues I want to talk to you about, but um, I've, I've often wondered this, and I've said a million times to myself, I'm going to ask Sheriff next time he's on this question, next time he's on, because it's kind of an evergreen thing, and I never get to it, so I'm going to lead with it this time. What is the difference between... Uh, obviously, you're an elected official serving as sheriff, but besides that, when it comes to just the job of law enforcement, what are the biggest differences between being a sheriff and being a chief of police? Uh, I think probably the biggest one is I'm not subservient to a county executive or mm-hmm. a leadership council that uh, I truly represent uh, the people that I serve. I'm an elected official, as you said. Uh, every four years that comes up, this uh, this cycle uh, I am unopposed, so I'll be serving Jefferson County another four years. Um, but uh, I will tell you that uh, the beauty of my position, despite the fact that I have to run uh, a campaign, is that, um, again, I have an opportunity to talk about law enforcement in a different way, uh, share my opinions and insight on law enforcement, and it doesn't have to be vetted through a mayor or somebody else. So we truly represent the people that we serve in this capacity and uh, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for people to learn about the sheriff's office uh, and the sheriffs that serve in the state of Missouri and around this country, uh, because they are responsible for protecting the rights of people and certainly the Second Amendment. 
and uh, protect the Constitution, and that's not something you hear a lot of police chiefs talk about sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And do, do your office, sheriff deputies, and, and, a, and a standard you know police officer um, basically do the same things? It's just a different way that that particular area um, handles their law enforcement, or it, or is there a a difference in the job? Is there different responsibilities for a sheriff's department and a police department? There is. You know, I mean, we're kind of unique because not only do we have, uh, are we a full-service law enforcement agency, uh, we're also responsible for uh, things like civil process, prisoner transport. We run a 334-bed jail facility. Uh, And so we do have additional responsibilities outside of what's typically thought of in terms of law enforcement. So we've got a wide range of responsibilities and uh, we're the primary law enforcement agency for Jefferson County. Gotcha. I got a question for you, Sheriff. Uh, were you the little boy that when somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you say a police officer or did you say, uh, seriously, I mean, did you have that in your mind early on in life? I was always drawn to the uh, position for sure. Um, you know, I, I've always been involved in service and Law enforcement has really given me an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, I served in different roles and capacities, whether it would be on SWAT team uh, or in the detective bureau. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I have no regrets. It's been a great experience uh, over the last almost 30 years now. And who, do you, who inspires you and who looks up to you or who do you look up to in, in your field? You know, I have a lot of mentors, um, and I think it kind of depends on what the topic is. I learn from so many different people at different times, um, and I think that it's healthy to, you know, look at it in that perspective. I think we always have to be willing to learn and be open uh, to take on new ideas and new challenges. So I continue to be, um, I don't know, in many ways, uh, a learning sheriff or a learning police officer. Right. So, Sheriff, we saw another uh, debate this week, and obviously politics is always influencing almost every aspect of life these days. Uh, But police reform has been a big topic throughout this presidential debate and throughout 2020. Um, As you watch these debates and we go through this election season, um, do you, in your opinion, how much influence does a presidential election have on here in in the middle of America, uh, in a place like Jefferson County, how much does a presidential election affect your day-to-day job at all or tremendously? Well, I think, the look, let's be honest. I think the results of this election are going to be huge. Uh, this is one of the most important elections in our history. Um, you know, we are going from uh, a situation in the past, I think, that we had some divisive politics, and it created an atmosphere uh, where the police were the bad guys. And I think moving forward, um, we need to elect a president that supports police. I believe it's uh, kind of the foundation of our democracy. We have to have law and order. We have to have rule of law. And uh, I think this is a very important election. Go ahead, Bo. I think that uh, a conversation that I had with the Major K-Squad, uh, Steve Lewis, uh, one of the board members over there, you're, and your, your department is part of the Major K-Squad, yeah? Yeah, I know Steve. I'm on the board of directors as well. Uh, he 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 and I had a conversation, and and it bugs me now because now we're not even seeing uh, riots or looting or things going on on the news because it's like the news agencies are just done with them. But when when news pundits get on and they go, ninety nine percent of police officers are good, and I, you know I actually thought about that. You, 1% of police officers are not bad. It's not even one full percent. It's got to be like the coronavirus, like a, like a, a quarter or a, a hundredth of a percent 
of bad cops because like you, you were drawn to the the field, you wanted to protect and serve, and that's how you did it. Would you agree that it's less, it's way less than 1% of bad actors out there? I agree. I think, um, look, there's so many good police officers out there sacrificing every single day to serve their community. Yeah. And I believe it, and I work with them. Um, I, I've worked with them not only in our organization, but in other organizations throughout the area and across the country. So I'm going to agree with you, Bo, 110%. I think... Um, uh, there is a very small component of law enforcement and as leaders, um, we need to take an aggressive approach, uh, figure out who they are and when opportunity presents itself and uh, to rid our organizations of those people. And, and I, I think every CEO of a law enforcement agency across this country would agree um, that that needs to be done. I think uh, moving forward with the Missouri Post Commission, we had a meeting earlier this week. One of the things that we're going to tackle is problem police officers. And the fact that throughout the state of Missouri, there still is not a comprehensive or even a requirement for a background investigation before a law enforcement agency hires a police officer. And I think that's something over the next uh, six weeks we're going to try and tackle and give some recommendations to the director of the Department of Public Safety uh, to implement those changes to make sure that we can become even more professional than we are. And and you know what? It's because police officers are human beings. And yeah, there's there's some bad people that are police officers because there's bad people in every single walk of life in every or some industry. Some people just having a bad day. Yeah, in every industry you go into, there's going to be a small minority of bad people, and it's the job of every of every industry to try to root those people out and not let them have influence, you know, for their selfish reasons or whatever they're up to. And it, it's it's uh, there's bad people in the communications and, and there's bad people in the media and there's bad people uh, that are part of different corporations. And it, 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 that's just the human experience. And it, I, it, it's your job to, to try to limit the influence that those bad people have. It's no different than anywhere else. I agree. We will always have, uh, look, we're talking about the human element. We will always have challenges. You will always have questionable police shootings. Uh, you'll never admit that because we're talking about humans making decisions in split seconds. There's a lot of external and internal factors that contribute to that. So I think you'll always have that. But I think, you know, from the, the, the flip side of that coin is we have a responsibility as leaders to you know, make sure we're hiring good quality people uh, to serve our communities. And, you know, what I know is if, uh, if I hire bad people, eventually they do bad things. And so I think it's important moving forward that we, you know, vet the process a little bit more comprehensively and uh, really try to recruit quality candidates and uh, and help departments across the state uh, to improve upon that. Sheriff, only got a couple minutes left, but I want to give you I want to give you a chance to give an example of some of the ideas that that of of police reform that you would be able to get behind. We hear a lot of ideas all the way to the extreme of defund the police and and send therapists on 911 calls instead of police officers, which is ridiculous. Um, are there are, are there some um, measures that you that you could get behind? Without a doubt. I think, um, you know, again, as I shared, there needs to be some additional checks and balances in place for uh, new recruits and new hires. We need to stop uh, some troubled employees from jumping from organization to organization. I think a, a number of things that can be done for that. I think when we talk about defunding the police, I think so many people have figured out uh, that they cannot look through law enforcement lens in a myopic view or very short-sighted because 
these are real issues. These are big problems. Uh, and if you start to defund police, or you take away, there's going to be consequences. And the consequences are going to be real. And they're going to be felt um, in terms of response times and the, the, the type of quality that you want. I think moving forward, we're going to have to invest more in police if you're wanting quality, not less. That is Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Sheriff, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for your time and look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a good day, gentlemen. Back at you. All right, we need to take another quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk to Jacob Paulson from the uh, Concealed Carry Incorporated. He's got, uh, is it a book, Bo? Right? It's a book. Uh, He's got a lot of stuff. He's got a book. (laughs) He's got a great website as well. Yeah, and we're going to talk to him about all the different laws, uh, the Second Amendment laws throughout the country, and how important it is to know that stuff, especially if you are traveling at all. So don't go anywhere. We'll talk to Jacob Paulson when we get back. To Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Uh, in a minute, we're going to talk to our buddy Gary Kelman from the Joshua Chamberlain Society and the Sanitizer and Mask Store. And Gary's going to stick around and uh, be a part of the podcast exclusive this week. Gary is an avid outdoorsman, and uh, he's got some great stories about camping and hiking. And, uh, of course, anytime we're talking about the great outdoors here on the show, it's brought to you by Razorback Armory. They're your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. If you love the AR platform. They do too, and they can customize it for you online at RazorbackArmory.com and uh, directions to the store there as well. Just make sure you tell them Bo sent you to Razorback Armory. So we went a little long in that last segment with Corporal Todd Nicely. Intentionally, I wanted to talk to uh, the Corporal as long as we could, so we only have a few minutes left here in the show, but like I said, our buddy Gary Kelman is going to be joining us in the podcast exclusive, and he actually joins us on the phone now also as uh, we wrap up the show um, uh, Gary, you didn't get a chance to hear the conversation we were just having with Corporal Nicely, but, um, you know, you were kind of the glue that brought us all together and got Bo and I out there to this Joshua Chamberlain Society event a couple weeks ago and our chance to catch up with, uh, the Corporal. So, um, um, while we still have a couple of minutes left, can you tell us about, uh, that relationship with the, uh, Joshua Chamberlain Society? And, and I got to say thank you for this, uh, opportunity to get reconnected with the Corporal. Yeah, everybody appreciated you guys coming, you and Bo coming out there. Uh, and we had raised a lot of money for the veterans and, and uh, Joshua Chamberlain Society. Obviously, our mission is focused on helping uh, permanently injured veterans or uh, uh, families of the fallen. And we raised a lot of money at the event and looked like you and Bo had had a good time as well. Yeah, and, we did. And met yeah. some of our heroes. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and you are one of the founding members of this organization, aren't you? Yes, sir. How, how did you how did you come up with it? Over uh, cocktails one night, you were like, you know, we need to do something, or how'd that work out? Yeah, I think some of myself and Cutler and a couple of our other uh, um, community leaders got together. We were tired of some of the other uh, organizations we were uh, spending our time on, and said, hey, why don't we help our veterans? Uh, and and uh, one of our 
uh, board members, Randy uh, Soriano, uh, who's a Marine veteran. Um, I'm glad he didn't see Army. He'd be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> it's, That's a cuss uh, word. So I do that. We, we do that just to get them riled up. But, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, we, we were sitting around. Uh, I think it was at Jay Bucks and said, hey, let's do something for the heroes wow. and for our veterans. And, and we started the organization and it, it, we didn't know how big it was going to be, uh, you know, 10 years later. But it's been an amazing run and experience and meeting these heroes or, are, 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 you know, just make it worthwhile. And it's uh, it's funny how life works because, you know, we wouldn't have been connected, Gary, had you not have started this brand new store, the sanitizer and mask wholesale store, and started advertising here on the radio station, which connected you and I, which uh, got Bo involved and then got us out there to the Joshua Chamberlain Society event and got a, a chance to catch up with Ty Nisley. It's just amazing how all that works. And um, Bo was just bragging in the... Um, uh, at the break about his new mask about how yes, much he loves about it how much he loves his new mask <laughs> uh we'll have more time to talk in the podcast exclusive but real quick uh if people want to check out the store and the huge selection of masks and hand sanitizer and all the other cool stuff you guys have um where you, tell them where you're located and how they can learn more about the store and will you have a store south so i can get to it a little quicker <laughs> I know. It took you an hour and a half to get up there. So, yeah, we're in St. Charles off of Cave Springs and Highway 70 in Fairview Heights in Illinois. Uh, we, we got a large selection of Halloween masks. We're doing a blowout sale this week uh, for Halloween masks for 10 bucks. So it should be a lot of fun cool. uh, with all the you know protective masks if you need to wear a mask. Uh, and uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. either that or we'll do the Amazon style and, and have same-day delivery. <laughs> by a drone. We'll drop off your Halloween mask by a drone. High tech, cool. right there. Yeah, I, the, the, I, I am impressed every time I go in there. I'm in that store almost every week, and there's always new product and such a great selection of all these um, uh, great sanitizer products, the, the disinfectant wipes, which is probably what brought me into the store originally because I was looking so much for them. And of course, the mask in all different sizes. And the website is sanitizerandmasks.store. Make sure that you check them out. And if you missed anything, on today's show, our great discussion with Corporal Todd Nicely. Make sure you download our podcast. Two podcasts every week, both out uh, just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I always recommend the radio.com app. Get our podcast every week, the show podcast and the podcast exclusive that Gary's going to be sticking around for, and we'll have more time to talk with him um, when we do that podcast exclusive. Show podcast goes out on Friday, and podcast exclusive goes out on Monday, and we appreciate everyone who downloads the show. And really, if you missed that discussion with Todd Nicely, make sure you check out this week's podcast because it was really really cool stuff. So we got to wrap up this week's show, but like I said, make sure you check out the podcast exclusive with Gary Kelman and for my partner Bo Matthews and our producer Chad Ellis. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second and Mill Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. This has been Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at Intervine.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.